Hi everyone and welcome back to the Female Magic Podcast. My name is Esty Amaya and he, we are here today with Slay with Shay. Shay is many things, but Shay is a financial crime operations manager. She is Black British Nigerian and you've been working in the financial services now for over nine years. Wow, how has that been just first of all? Um, I've really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. It's definitely been like a really good journey. Um, I started off kind of like working in the bank and then have just kind of like pivoted my way through different different parts. But yeah, overall I've enjoyed it. And we connected via Instagram because you have started a quite new platform called Slay, Slay with Shay and it's all around financial advice. Would I is that correct? Yeah, so it's mainly just to be like I kind of want it to be like a source of encouragement and just like something to like really empower people on their financial well being journey and like their career journey and stuff. And I think because those kind of two topics are like very important to me, um I really struggled with finances um like a few years back and I was like on a huge roller coaster with my finances. I was in debt, bad credit, a lot. So um, I kind of like went through this transition of obviously turning that around and then coming out the other side. And I thought, do you know what? Like I actually want to kind of share my story a bit more and I kind of want to like, you know, if even if it encourages one person, that's great. Just because I think money and stuff like that isn't something that's always widely spoken about. So I just thought, let me create this platform where I can kind of talk about what I've done in the past, the mistakes I'm already made financially, just to kind of help people not make the same mistakes, basically. The one thing that um, really drew me to you was your video about debt. And that's because I believe that debt is such a dirty word to so many people. Yeah. They don't want to talk. You could say money in, in general. I don't know if it's in the black community more than the white community, but discussing money is much more of a taboo. It's like yeah, pushed. Absolutely. So then to bring debt into it as well is like oh do we want to talk about this but it's something that I think is really important because you can find yourself there without even realizing because exactly like for example student finance you can go to uni and you think it's fine but in reality once you leave your uni you are technically in debt to student finance but a lot of people don't see it that way what what made you actually um put that video out um I think just like you said like the fact that a lot of people see debt as a dirty word I really kind of wanted to kind of break that kind of taboo Mm -hmm. of like being able to talk openly about debt um because it's something that affects a lot of people and a lot of people are like really suffering in silence like when I was in debt I kind of felt like I had to put on a front and I felt like I couldn't really like speak about it with people. I felt like maybe people might judge me. And I almost felt like I had to keep up a certain appearance that I had it all together. Because on the surface, you wouldn't have known. Do you know what I mean? Like I, right. I had a car. I was like, if you if I, if I there was events going on, I would be there. So I didn't necessarily present myself as someone that was struggling with money. So you would have never known. But I was really struggling. So I think there's a lot of people who can probably relate to that. And I think I just wanted to kind of bring that awareness and just kind of say, hey, you are in debt. It's not anything to be ashamed of. Um, don't blame yourself. Don't kind of wallow in it. Just kind of think of practical things you can do to take yourself out of it. Because I buried my head in the sand for so long. I literally pretended like I wasn't in debt. <laughs> I was just in life, ignoring those phone calls and those letters coming through my door. Really? But, um, yeah, wow. It's so easy to do. So that's why I really wanted to just 
kind of talk openly about it so that people can feel comfortable in like acknowledging their debt. What made you want to bury your head in the sun? Was it more to keep up appearances or just because you just didn't want to deal with it? It was both. <laughs> so I think it was, it was definitely both. So I definitely wanted to keep up appearances. And I also didn't want to have to acknowledge how much of a mess I'd made of my finances. I think it's that you get that feeling where, you know, you almost blame yourself and you don't want to kind of face up to the mistakes that you've made. And I think for me, a lot of it was just not wanting to face up to the fact that you've really, really screwed it, screwed it up there, haven't you? <laughs> you don't really want to have to do this it. time. <laughs> right. So, yeah, I didn't want to have to do that. So yeah. I think that was, yeah, I think that was part of it. Why do you think debt is such a dirty word? Um, because I think, I suppose there's a lot of focus on, like, like um, ownership and people wanting to own things, have money. And I think that's sort of seen as, that's what's glamorised, like having money, being financially stable, being wealthy, etc. You don't really see, I guess, being in debt as something that people necessarily want to glamorise or that people see as something that is a positive thing. Yeah. So I think there's that kind of negative stigma around being in debt. And also a lot of people that aren't in debt or may have never been in debt, they probably don't understand how people can get into it because for them, they've probably always had money all their lives or they've never been in a situation where they've needed to grow, et cetera. So you might, they kind of almost look down on people. Like, how can you be in debt? Like, how can you take out this much credit card? How can you spend what you don't have? But situations happen in life, you know, like people aren't necessarily educated that well on how to manage their finances and, you know, life happens. So sometimes people find themselves in situations, but I think a lot of it is probably that negative connotation with not having money. I think that's what it is because effectively someone that's in debt might be struggling with money. They may not have a lot of money. So I think that's why it might be seen as a dirty word because it's like, oh, if you're in debt, you just must be, you must be broke. You must not have any money. And it's like that negative connotation with that. That's very interesting. And you kind of made me think about myself because I do have universe, um, university debt, but yeah. I don't see it as debt. I don't know if it's different, but... Yeah. I've never um, been someone to get a credit card or anything like that because I personally I wouldn't want to put myself into that situation even though I'm already in that situation it's it's a weird yeah. one and I think it I guess it depends on people's opinions and views but I think it should it's something that should definitely be more spoken about financial situations at the moment is probably in my lifetime the crazy it has ever been and the most confusing it has ever been because of obviously coronavirus lockdown yep. everyone's losing jobs um and a lot of industries especially the creative industry and people who get their money from actually talking to people and being close to people that's definitely yeah. gone out the window and it's still a bit shaking what do you have any advice on or tips on how to make money at this point in time? Yeah, um, I think I would say now's the time to really tap into like your creativity and things that you're good at that maybe you never had the time to really explore because perhaps maybe you had your day job or you had other responsibilities. Um, I think like, you know, a lot of freelance work, for example, like there's a lot of people out there that are probably looking for people to help with certain things. Um, there's like these websites, like I used a website recently called Fiverr and there's like okay. lots of freelancers on there, for, like graphic design, video editing, like 
anything kind of creative, you name it, it was on there. And people literally just put their services forward and like they like have a certain price and people can like pay them to do things. So I think like now that we've kind of got that extra time, I would probably say to just really think about other things that you may have always wanted to explore, other talents that you might have that you've never had the chance to really look into. I think that would be the first place to start um, in that kind of like freelancing kind of era. Or you might even want to start your own business. You might have like some an idea that you have had and you've never really had the opportunity to execute. Now's a really good time. Because um, yeah. people as well are wanting to particularly because people aren't going out as much. Well, now we're allowed to go shopping and stuff. But before there was like the whole craze of just shopping online, people wanted to get everything online because we couldn't go out to get anything. So if you have a service that you may be able to provide online or products that you can sell online, great time. I remember at one point I even like was selling loads of stuff on eBay. Um, so yeah, I sold so many things on eBay. Really? That was like a, yeah, that was a like an easy-ish way of making money because it was things that I either hadn't ever worn or if i had worn it it was probably worn once and i wouldn't wear it again and yeah i just like kind of like had the opportunity to sell stuff on ebay so you did that recently on ebay um i haven't done it in about maybe two years but the time i did it was actually around the time i was actually struggling financially actually um, and that was probably like six years ago maybe something like that um and i like for a good few months i was selling like stuff on ebay like repeatedly and it's really easy <laughs> that's that's a good point I never think of eBay I have a, one of my best friends always shops on eBay but I yeah. I'm a very Amazon I'm one of those people who once I have something that's good for me I, I don't venture yeah. <laughs> but yeah, eBay is yeah. definitely a good shout for sure yeah. my friend is always on eBay and they do have a lot of cool stuff to be honest but talking yeah. about businesses and creating your own business and all that stuff. I wanted to double into some wording and explanations. I think it'd be really good for people to understand the difference between um, what liabilities are and what assets are. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I suppose assets, I would say for me, are you know things that you own, things that are going to generate income for you or bring money in for you, whereas a liability you're technically you're paying that out so it's money that's going out um i'm not a financial advisor by the way this is just like my my opinion um but yeah i think i guess the aim always is that you want to kind of have more assets than you have liabilities or if you do at one point have more liabilities you want to eventually turn those liabilities into assets so for example somebody that buys a house someone might look at that and say in one breath it's an asset because you've bought it but then it's still a liability because you're paying for it back in installments to the bank eventually when you own it it will then become yours so that's a liability that can effectively turn into an asset which is probably the kind of liability that you would want or people would see as a positive one so i think it it kind of depends on how people want to look at it um but yeah that's kind of how i would differentiate it one is probably one where you've got more of a chance of making money from it or it should be bringing you money whereas the other money's going out so, so liabilities yeah. isn't always a bad word then because my but, connotations of it was you should not have like stay away from anything that is a liability <laughs> i think everybody thinks like that but i think in some situations like it's kind of almost impossible i think especially if you're like starting a business or you know you're trying to generate like income and stuff you may start off having a liability for example some people take out business loans so, you know, eventually, like, the plan is that they make enough money that they can pay that back and, you know, like, and stuff. But 
yeah, I don't think all liabilities are negative because I think you can sometimes generate those liabilities to eventually become assets or investments for things in the future. And would you say, I know you, you said obviously that was a great time to um, dabble into you, your creativity and possibly venture into a new business, but what, what would you say the dark side of creating your own business would be? that a lot of people may, may or may not talk about? So yeah, so from my personal experience, when I started my wedding business, for example, I was very just much like, I just wanted to kind of get out there. I wanted to generate clients. I wanted to build my portfolio. But sometimes when you can kind of like, when you almost kind of throw yourself out there a bit too quickly, you can kind of run the risk of basically being in the negative, which is what happened to me. So I just really wanted to like get clients. So I would let people kind of talk my price down because I felt like, oh, well, you know, I've kind of just started. So, you know, maybe I I could do it for this much or I could do it for that much. But what was happening was I was doing that too often and I was finding that I wasn't even covering my expenses. Mm -hmm. So I've got a team to pay, for example, like I pay my team when we do like wedding coordination. I have a team of people with me. I have to pay them. I have to cover their expenses and cover their accommodation, et cetera. And I wasn't doing that because I was effectively like charging, not charging people the right amount and then having to fork out from my pocket. So I was actually in the red quite a bit when I first started my business. And I think other businesses or other people I've spoken to have found themselves in similar situations where you feel like because you're a new business you just want to kind of put yourself out there so you may accept less than what you would what you should and then you find yourself in the red because you're then having to put your money towards it etc so I think that for me would be something that I would say is a dark side that people should be wary of I would say at the very least make sure you're covering your expenses even if you're not making a profit for a certain amount of time just make sure that your expenses are covered because that was the mistake I made would you say that's also undervaluing yourself or not recognizing Absolutely. your worth from that? I think that's a lot of what a lot of people do do because they want to get the clients and they want to just get their work out there. They will be like, "Yep, I'll do it for this price," and then you'll go home yeah. like, "Damn, I'm actually <laughs> financially Absolutely. in decline." And why do you think people do that? I've done it myself, and still, I, I guess for me personally, I've done it in the past because. Well, I don't actually know why I've done it. It doesn't. It, <laughs> it doesn't make sense as to why why people yeah. do it. Yeah, I. To be honest, you're right. I don't really. I think for me, it was just the whole because the wedding industry it's it's very competitive. I would say, and I just wanted an opportunity to just show what I could do. So with like wedding planning and wedding coordination, it's very difficult to show like how good you are. Whereas like, so for example, like a wedding cake, I could bake cakes and show people like my talent of how my cakes look but with like planning and coordination it's like a service so you really have to kind of oversell yourself because I can't really show you like how good I am until you kind of work with me yeah so I think yeah. I was kind of desperate to just get that opportunity to work with couples so that I could obviously add that value and show like what I could do yeah so I was willing to kind of accept anything just to get that opportunity to do that um, but yeah, I think a lot of it is, like you say, undervaluing yourself, almost being afraid to command what you're worth. And I went through that phase as well. And then I had to check myself and be like, no, like not every client is for me. If you're if you're not willing to pay what I believe I'm worth, then maybe you're just not for me. But it took me some time to get there. But yeah, I think it's that whole undervaluing yourself and being afraid to say, this is my price, because you feel like maybe they're going to look at you and be like, how can you charge this for that? Mm-hmm. Um and I've been guilty of that in the past as well. Like if someone's giving me a price for something, I might be 
be like, oh, really? Should it be that? But it's like, I think it's just like a natural reaction that sometimes people have. And yeah, I think we all probably need to do a bit better in getting into the habit of if, if that's someone's price, that's their price. It might not be for you, but just leave it as that. Yeah. Don't try and kind of, you know? Yeah, that's a really interest, interesting point. And I agree. I don't know if we're, if we are a culture of stinginess when it comes to, um, <laughs> working towards our future but we'll buy a takeaway like three times a week it's a weird one isn't it because we will well I personally I will spend a lot of money mindlessly and then when it comes to things that actually mean something I'm like do I want to spend that much money on that is it worth it but I don't know it's definitely um a food for thought and maybe we all need a mindset change on that yeah definitely absolutely how have you found your your job within the um criminal is it criminal finance or what does that actually mean the job title so essentially yeah yeah so essentially we are um so we stop fraud basically so we investigate fraud money laundering terrorist financing bribery corruption tax evasion so our role my department's role is pretty much we're just there to kind of prevent that activity has there been a lot more fraud or criminal um, activity during lockdown that you've noticed? You know what? No. Um, I and it's strange because we kind of prepared ourselves expecting there to be a spike because naturally there's like more online transactions because people are at home. So yeah. we just thought, yeah, definitely we're going to be hit with more fraud. But my company hasn't necessarily experienced that. Other companies probably have. But yeah, I haven't. Oh well, that. I mean that's good, I guess. I feel like coronavirus, from what I've seen personally, has actually calmed a lot of things down for a lot of people. Mm. I know the the crime rate at some point in England did go down as well. So you know, what is your opinion on a second wave? Um, I definitely think it's coming. <laughs> you, you think I think it's, it's coming. coming. Yeah, I I definitely do. I just I mean, looking at the way the response was to coronavirus, I'm just not confident that we'll be able to avoid it. Right. Because I just feel like every week something changes and it's like something new gets allowed or something new gets opened. I think it's great they're trying to enforce masks and stuff, but I just don't see how we can avoid it because I think, maybe I'm speaking more for myself in terms of like in London, I just feel like people have been quite reckless. Okay. So I, I just don't see how we can avoid it. But maybe that's more so in London, but would you say that's interesting actually because I had um, a friend who lives in London and she came down to Leeds last weekend and she felt like Leeds weren't taking it seriously in the respect really? of yeah she was saying that um and maybe it depends what borough you're, you're in as well but um Leeds is quite small it's you know <laughs> she was saying that everyone is acting like it's not a thing and stuff like that but I guess either way if it comes it comes and it comes and it will affect us all um mm-hmm. no matter how big or small but how would you recommend people save um I, I guess I've just answered a question in my opinion but how would you recommend yeah. people deal with their finances in preparation for a second wave I would say, I mean, I kind of spoke about this in my savings video and on my savings post, but I've always recommended that people look into having an emergency fund. 
So okay. like, you know, just a pot of money that you have in the case of an emergency and like kind of top that up so that you have the equivalent of let's say three months of expenses. So whatever your outgoings are would be on a normal three month basis. Um, um, so like your rent, your bills, etc. You want to make sure that you save that for, I usually set, I try to say six months, but at least a minimum of three months. Okay. So I think what people should be doing now is looking at putting together like some kind of an emergency fund, just so that God forbid, if you lose your job, etc. you know that you don't have that extra stress on top of it, thinking about, oh my God, how am I going to pay my bills? Yeah. You want to make sure that if I can't do anything else, I can keep a roof over my head. So I would say people should really be looking to having that emergency fund if they don't already. And when you're saying emergency fund, is it literally just um, savings or would you say it's like, are there different types of emergency funds in regards to banks or literally you just save your own money? Just another savings account. So just a savings account that's separate from like, let's say you have like a, a savings account that let's say you're saving for a house or you're saving for something. I'm in an account that's separate to that savings goal. So a complete separate account where the sole purpose of that account is be used in a case of an emergency. Yeah. Fair enough. I agree. I definitely agree. Um, because I feel like that's where a lot of businesses and just creative industries have struggled because no one expected this to happen in 2020. Yeah. So many people, including myself, were like, this is our year, we go and get it. And then, um, you know, it's like, I don't even know. Never, no one could have predicted this. No one could have. Um, it's sometimes I do feel like we're in a movie like sometimes I'm just like waiting for the director to be all cut because I'm like this is definitely must be a movie because what even is this yeah it's, it is crazy have you been working from home then a lot yeah I've been working from home since lockdown um our office has actually um said that we can come back but it's not mandatory it's like if you're comfortable to I guess going back to like what you were saying about debt being a dirty word and stuff, maybe just kind of giving people that encouragement that, you know, just to not kind of wallow in it and not kind of blame yourself. And I know how it feels when you are at a place in life where, okay, you've started to kind of wanting to rebuild your finances, you've acknowledged all the mistakes you've made in the past, but you end up kind of really resenting yourself because you're like, okay, now that I know what I'm supposed to do, I can't even do it now because my credit's bad or I'm in debt, etc. And it's just kind of like trying to have that mindset of, right, I'm not going to think like that. I'm not going to blame myself. I'm just going to start putting things in place to think about how I'm going to manage my money now and how I'm going to manage my money in the future. Um, so, yeah, it will just be more just to, like, just give people that encouragement that you will get there. And honestly, when it feels like there's no way out, I've been there. But, yeah, you will get there. You just have to just keep consistent at those steps that you want to take and don't blame yourself. And don't allow anyone to make you feel that there's anything wrong with you for finding yourself in a situation when you're in there. And would you recommend people to maybe talk to family members as well? Because like you said, you buried your head in the sand. It's not always possible for everyone to do that. But um, I heard of a story recently. Um, don't Please don't quote me because it was just in passing comment. But a young boy, he thought he was in like just under a million pounds worth of debt. There was actually a glitch yeah, in the um, banking system, in something. So it wasn't true. He was in debt, but either way, he committed suicide from this. Um, I'm actually going to look up, look up the statistics to put it in the, in the bio because I feel like a lot of people, because they don't speak to anyone else, they choose to bury their head in the sand. They see, they look at their bank account and they're like, wow, okay, 
I don't want to, and I guess I don't want to put the burden on anyone else. So they just think, they just must feel hopeless. And there are a lot of people who kill themselves just from debt. And I say just from debt very loosely because I understand it can feel horrible, especially if you do or don't have support. So I guess the best thing to do is to speak to people even if you don't think it's right. Absolutely. I would 100% encourage speaking to people. Um, When I did eventually start opening up about it to people, it just got a lot easier. And I actually found that there were some people who were in similar situations to Mm -hmm. me. I wouldn't have guessed because, like, we didn't talk about it. But then when I did, it's like, oh, we're all struggling together, aren't we? Not like I'm celebrating that. Welcome to the club. (laughs) Yeah, it was like a relief not to feel like, okay, I'm I'm alone and that only person that's like made some of these mistakes so you'll be surprised like when you start opening up actually how much people can relate to what you're going through can provide you with that support that encouragement even if it's just someone sitting down with you and going through your income and expenditure and being like right okay this is how much money you have to allocate towards this sometimes that's all you need just someone kind of helping you flesh that out because it just feels like just this large number in your head that you can't kind of get your head around but sometimes it's like okay let's just sit down put pen to paper and you know if you have someone that you trust that you can do that with I would honestly recommend that just don't suffer in silence is what I would say because I can see how it can I mean thankfully I didn't get to that place but I can definitely see how Mm -hmm. mentally you can get to that point of just no return where you feel like you know what my life isn't even worth living so yeah please do speak to people if you are in that situation I think that's a perfect way to end it. I love that. Thank you so much, Shay, for being on the Female Magic Podcast. Can I just say you are the second Londoner on the Female Magic Podcast? Oh, hey. <laughs> we friend you now. <laughs>